Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Healing Man. I want to welcome you to the latest installment. Um, it's a beautiful Thanksgiving day today. I'm here with my wife Kelly. Hello. And uh, we're outside on our front porch, smoking a turkey, enjoying our day, getting ready to eat tonight. So, um, beautiful day today here in Alabama. Um, today I want to talk about something that I was asked to talk about. Um, something I've actually haven't touched on. It's actually a really good, really good call for somebody to ask for it, and I appreciate that they did. So, today we're going to talk about oaths and what they mean to us, where they come from, what we have going on, and um, grab yourself a, hut, a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee, grab yourself some cider. Or some hot chocolate. Or some hot chocolate, and join us for Modern Heathen Man. So, when I first became a heathen, um, in beginning to study and look at the um, path of religion, if you will, I learned a little bit about oath breakers, and I didn't understand what that meant, you know, like, what was actually going on, and then I inquired about it with the guy that did the class for a satru that I took. <clears throat> and honestly, he had a really hard time explaining it as well. He didn't um, get too in-depth about it or anything like that. And I really wanted to know that. So, with that said, I started to really study, try to figure out what was going on, try to figure out what was meant by an oathbreaker and how oaths work and um, what we thought of them as Satru people. Now, we go through our lives and we make a lot of oaths. We make uh, some oaths that are strong, some oaths that are weak, some oaths that are this, and some oaths that are that. The problem is, in today's society, we don't hold the oath as sacred as we did before. So, you know, we've all gone to watching a show and see a guy on there, and he puts his hand in the Bible, and Jesus wrote, tell the truth, the whole truth, and not about the truth, so help you God. And he says, I do. And then he sits down and he lies, you know. <clears throat> we've all seen that and that you know that that's the basis of what we're talking about there is you know that oath is not a strong oath that oath is not an oath that really means something to that person and I don't know if it's just they don't believe in their bible or if they're not a Christian or what's going on with them but the bottom line is you know when they're making that oath to tell the truth on that book if that's the book that represents their God and their belief system I don't know why they wouldn't tell the truth but it is what it is, and it could just be for movies or whatever, but, you know, when you take an oath, you take an oath, period. Um, when I do weddings um, for heathen people, one of the things I talk about there is our word and our promise. And in our religion and our path, our word and our promise is our bond. It's what makes us who we are. It's the beginning of our frith and the beginning of how we deal with one another. If you cannot be considered a man of your word, then what type of man are you? So that's what you have to ask yourself. So let's talk a little bit about oaths, how we do them, what they're made of, and I'll just tell you what they mean to me. I, I mean, I don't even need to tell you what they mean to you or what they're supposed to mean to you. I'll just tell you what they mean to me, and Kelly will talk a little bit about what she thinks, and we'll go from there. So let's dive right in. What do you think, Kelly? I think it's... <clears throat> 
you as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about oaths as being promises, but promises that are deeper and promises that you need to be held accountable for. And you're giving that up to the gods and to your kindred and to your fellow heathens to be responsible, to be accountable for. Well, see, I think there's different types of oaths, to be honest with you. I mean, there's an oath between two members of a kindred. There's an oath between you and people. There's an oath between you and the gods. There's an oath between you and the ancestors. And I think all these hold different weights, to be honest with you. Well, I'm just saying in general, they're, yeah. they're, an oath is a promise, but it's deeper than a promise. Right. There's a, there's a, a binding almost that you do to it to make it come to fruition. <laughs> it's, it's a deeper <laughs> level of a promise. Right. So you can make a promise to somebody... And a promise can be broken, and it's not a... It well, it shouldn't be, be broken, you know. It shouldn't be broken, right. but, you know, there, there could be... People do, right. People break promises all the time. But an oath is something that goes deeper, that you're... That you are giving more of yourself toward that goal. Mm-hmm. And toward that end, that you are focusing more on it than you would a promise. Well, I think it reflects on you more. I, I think it shows... Like I said, I think it's the beginning of our frith, not only with one another, but with everything else in the universe. And I mean, I think it shows if you're not a person of your word, then, you know, what does it matter what promises you make? Right. You know, so I'll go back to the whole thing of I think there's different oaths. Like, when we had a kindred and our kindred was really strong, and even now we still have a Drayton, okay? Right. One of the jobs of the Drayton within our kindred is to ensure that oaths are met and right. can be met. Right. So let, let me give you a case in point. Like if uh, Joe Schmo and our kindred says, hey, um, you know, in the boaths and oath portion of the Sunbolt, he says, oh, I'm going to build by the end of the year a boat and I'm going to sail it to Norway. It's going to be a replica of a Viking ship. And then when I get to Norway, I'm going to burn it for the gods, <laughs> and I'm going to make this great sacrifice for them over the next year. Well, the job of our Dryden would then be to, you know, pull Joe Schmo aside and say, hey, listen, Joe, do you really think you can make a boat like that in a year? I mean, even the North, when they made theirs, it took a village and workers, you know, six to eight months to produce a boat. Right. You know? So, you know, are you really, is that feasible for you? You know, maybe five years? You know what I mean? Something like that. And then when you do take it over there and burn it, can you afford to take the air trip back? Or can you afford all the stuff you need for the trip? How long is the trip going to be? Did you really think this through? You know? Because when you make an oath and you make it on the kindred level, you're not the only person that has to do that up do that oath it's your kindred's job to ensure that that oath comes to pass because it was made on the kindred level so everybody else is responsible to the ancestors and gods to ensure that that's made as well Well, that's one of the reasons i'm saying it's an oath is a deeper level than a promise yeah does that make sense well yeah but i'm just saying there's different levels of it so like if i make an oath to my wife to say hey i'm gonna go ahead and you know, I'll, I'll wash the van this week. I promise I'll wash the van this week. I make an oath to her that I will wash the van this week, you know? Now, what if something comes up and it's pouring down rain all week? Am I an oath breaker? 
No, because it's extenuating circumstances. Right. So, I mean, I mean, there's different levels of it, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, we, we have to look at the levels of it. And again, it goes back to the idea of your frith. You know, how you deal with the gods, how you deal with the ancestors, how you deal with one another. Um, and the same thing with, like, the boat. Like, I mean, if there's a guy who really has the means and power, he says, in five years I'm going to build a, you know, Norse replica of a boat, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sail that, you know, through the seas. I'm going to make people ask questions. I'm going to talk about the gods. And I'm going to bring glory back to the gods. And say halfway through his build, you know, two and a half years through his build, there's a forest fire and it takes out his whole warehouse and destroys the, the boat. Is he liable for that oath? You know, I don't think so. I think the gods can see what happened and understand that there is fate. Well, like I said, I think there, that an oath has some sort of dedication behind it. Right. Some sort of focus behind Definitely. it. Definitely. You know, a promise is a promise, but an oath is that promise Tenfold. plus some. Yeah, tenfold. You know, it, it's got that extra oomph, oomph behind it, that extra... Yeah, push. Push behind it. And that's why, you know, you're, you're putting it out there for the gods, and you're putting it out there towards your kindred, and you're putting it out there for other people so that you are more accountable for what you're saying and what mm-hmm. you're doing. You know... Yeah, you could say you're going to wash the van, and it could rain all week, but you have next week to do it, too. Exactly. You know, and then we get to the point where I wanted to talk about where, you know, if you do make an oath and you're not able to fulfill that oath, it's then your obligation to be asked to be let out of that oath. Right. You know what I mean? To say, hey, you know, I was a little overzealous in what I thought I was going to do, and I'm not able to go ahead and complete this... Um, thing that I thought I was going to complete is there any way I can get out of this you know is there any way I can get out of this oath you know I've completed this much of it or I've done this much of it and realized it's a little too much for me right. you know so th- that's the other thing you have the obligation to go ahead and bring forward that you're not able to complete that oath and now you need to be let out of that oath you know it's not but then you're not an oath breaker either because you realized you took on too much right you, you have done what you you're working on you have done things to push yourself forward and do things mm-hmm. and you know i think that's a, that's what an oath is too yep. it's pushing yourself to do something it's right. not just a promise where you're promising to do something just because you're promising right you're pushing yourself to do something more right you're but, gonna have to understand you may not be let out of the oath either that's the other thing too right. i mean it may be still something you have to fulfill right you know like you know the marriage oath you know you you have to ask your wife you have to ask your kindred who watched you get married who's responsible for your happiness as a married couple and you know helping you along as a married couple you have to ask your godar you know all those people are part of that oath that you made because they were all there witnessing it and promised to help you do it so you have to go to all those people and ask me let out of that oath before you're out of the oath and you know it's not that easy sometimes to be let out of an oath some are easy some are not you know you may still have other obligations you have to meet before you can get out of that oath you know and that's just the way it is um you know selling something to a brother or a kinsman or a kindred member you know you, you have a certain oath that you need to keep up with that as well or buying something from them as well you know, so I think oaths are really important on the kindred level, but I think they're even more important on the ancestor and God level um, because 
to me, that's a form of veneration. If you are owing something to your ancestors or to the gods, you're giving a part of yourself. Right. And making sure that that gets completed. Mm-hmm. Whether it's something as simple as reading the have mall. You know, mm-hmm. taking that on every day as, as sort of a uh, devotion. Right. You, or making a podcast. <laughs> or making a podcast, right. Yeah. You know, anything that you're doing to, to venerate the gods or the ancestors in some way, that's an oath that you're making to them. Mm-hmm. And it's giving of yourself in that oath. Right. And I think, you know, the promissory idea behind the oath, you know, it doesn't just affect you in one way. It affects you so much deeper than just, oh, I didn't do that and they'll forgive me. They may forgive you, but, you know, I, I, I say this thing all the time, and it's like, if someone really wrongs me, I don't want them in my life anymore. Yes, I'll forgive them for what they've done, but it, just because I forgive them doesn't mean I lose my right to protect myself against what they've done. You know, now in the future, I'm not going to let them do the things that they've done again, and they may not be part of my life anymore because of what they've done. Right. You know, I have so many people that really wronged me, and... They go back and look, and they're like, oh, no, wait, I was wrong. Well, you know what? The way you wronged me, though, was really rough, and I just want to protect myself from that again. So it showed what kind of a person you were, and I'm not going to go ahead and let you back in my life. And, oh, but you have to forgive me. I have forgiven you. But what I'm saying is I still have a right to protect myself and my family from those things. Right. You know? And with that said, the gods and the ancestors are going to be the same way. I mean, if you make these oaths and you don't, bring them about and they don't come to pass and you do it too much you know they're, they're not going to help you in life yeah, because why would they turn your back turn their backs on you like yeah you've promised me the moon and the stars or yeah. your equivalent of the moon and the stars and you, you gave me a rock and some dirt yeah yeah you know that's what happens you yeah. know and without having a good valid reason not an excuse but a good valid reason for not being able to fulfill that oath. Right. There's a problem. Yep. Yep. So oaths, I, I mean, are really important. How we oath is important. What we say when we oath is important. How we do it is important. I mean, you know, I said uh, to the gods, if I got this place here where I'm at now, that I would build them a garden. I would build a garden for the gods. I would build a garden for the ancestors. And I would build a garden for the warriors. But one, of the, did that. one of the first things I did when we got this place, as soon as I had the opportunity, I built a garden for the gods, I built a garden for the ancestors, I built a garden for the warriors. I mean, I went out and bought trees and everything for them that met those needs. So, and I prepared for it before we even moved here. I went right. and got the trees and everything before we were even in this property. Before we even knew we got the property. Before we even knew we got the property because I wanted to show them that I was going to push forward and still do what I promised for them even if I didn't get it and I, I think one of the things we taught our boys and one of the things we teach new heathens if you if you are determined to make an oath make it a small one right start make small it something that's easily that you know you can easily focus on getting a ha- oh my oath is to produce or provide myself with a half mall in the next six months right okay you may be able to purchase that in two days you may be able to purchase that you may have to save up and purchase one that you like in the next six months you may research which one you like there's a lot of different ways to go about it but as long as you fulfill that oath that you're going to get that have mall right 
in the next six months, then you're good. And that's an easy one to right. fulfill. Yeah, or you may be something like, you know, within the next year I'm going to read the whole prosetta. You know, and it's a long book, you know, the poetic Edda and the prosetta. Read them. Go ahead. You know, take your year to read them. Make sure you try to finish. And if you don't finish and you have like a couple chapters left at the end of the year, you've done your due diligence. I don't think right. they'll fault you for that. You know, and you can go a little bit over and just say, you know, some took the time and, you know, this, that, and the other thing happened. Our gods understand life. Our ancestors understand life. I mean, they live the life just like us. Right. They understand what goes on, that things take our time sometimes. But if you didn't do anything at all, that's where the problem arises. Right. You know? Um, as far as the gods go, when you make an oath to the gods to do something for them, the only thing I can tell you is you better do it. I mean, it, yeah, you're going to curry no favor with them. <laughs> and when it comes time for them to help you, there's not going to be any help available for you. Um, I don't know what to say other than that. I, I mean, when I make an oath to my ancestors, I promise it and I fulfill it and I do the things I need to do. When I make an oath to the gods, I do the things I need to do to make sure that that happens. There are some extenuating circumstances. I mean, but, you know, other than, you know, something happening where the every telephone pole in the city has fallen down and I have no internet. You know, I'm going to do a modern heathen man at least, you know, once every three months. You know, that's what was my promise. So, you know, at least every three months you got one coming out. So. Um, and we, the only reason we say that is because there are times when life just takes us different places. Different places and we don't have the time mm -hmm. or we don't have the uh, something to talk to you guys about or right. whatever it could be you know for some reason we don't have anything to talk about but somebody will give us some inspiration again to talk about something and this is yeah. something that somebody came up with what do we do about oaths how do we go about doing oaths so right. this was a great topic so let's talk a little bit about how we make an oath i mean there's a couple different styles um my preferred method of making an oath is not that you do it alone my preferred method of making an oath is to make yourself accountable to somebody else, grab the oath ring, grab some meat and a horn, talk to whoever you're making the oath to, you both grab the ring, you make your oath, the other person holds you accountable for that oath, and you guys go about your day, you know, and that person checks in on you every once in a while to make sure that oath is being accomplished. Well, let's talk about the oath ring then. Yeah. Um, uh, my oath ring is made of oak, and it's intertwined. It's a bunch of oak um, branches that are intertwined. And the reason I did that was because I felt like oak being the tree of um, Thor was this tree of strength. And the intertwining means that you're not just making the oath for yourself, that it's contacting and touching so many different things in that circle and coming back to you. So that's my oath ring. Um, some people have brass oak oath rings. Some people have oath rings that look like Jormungandr. Um, any number of, of things. If uh, I was going to say one of the things that I was, um, if you're if you're not handy enough to make one, if you are not if you don't have much money to get one, you can always go with an embroidery hoop. You yeah. know, go to the uh, go to your local craft store, pick up a small embroidery hoop, maybe a five or six inch one. 
And the only reason I'm saying that is because it is that continuous loop. Right. And it's cheap. And it's not about what it's made of or anything. Yes, ours is made of oak and we've handmade it. But you may not have the time or the resources to do something like that. It's an easy way to put your intention into an oath ring without actually having to go out and buy or make or spend a lot of money on an oath ring. Right. You know, anything that you can find that's a decent size round thing. Yeah, that you can hold. That you can hold can be an oath ring. Even like the, the uh, what is it, the grapevine wreaths yeah. that are like yep. just simple grapevine wreaths. Even something like that you can use as an oath ring. Yeah. And you can, what you can do too is, I mean, you could get a, a wreath if you want made of pine make your oaths on that as a group or whatever right. and then burn it yeah you know send it off to the gods send it off to the ancestors send it off to the warriors that it goes out in the smoke to them and you send your your oath with that i mean there's any number of ways that you can do an oath and have an oath ring um, mine is just simple I, I mean and that's what i'm about i'm about the simplicity of this path because I want everybody to enjoy it. I want everybody to be part of it. And I want everybody to see that it's not some major thing where you have to be rich or have to have this or have to have the right thing here and the right thing there. It's not like that. Well, I that's, mean, that's one of the reasons I mentioned the embroidery. They're right. cheap. They're easy to get a hold of. Yep. They're, 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 they're fully round. And, you know, you can use it. It's all about the intention of what you're Yeah, and I, I can do a shameless plug here, as a matter of fact. My friend Arliss, um, I know you're going to listen to this, to be honest with you. Um, go ahead and put your stuff in the Modern Heathen Man group page there. Um, but I'm sure he, he's a blacksmith. I'm sure he can make you a ring right. of iron for, you know, whatever. I don't know how much it'll cost, but I'm sure he can make you an oath ring if you really want one. And I'm sure he can get as uh, extravagant as possible that you want. I mean, I, I'm almost positive he can. And I'll do that, that, that shameless plug for him. But, yeah, Arliss, go ahead and uh, put your stuff on there. Let everybody know that you can make an oath ring if you can. And, uh, you know, it's not that hard. So, but yeah, so I mean, you can get any number of things. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I have for my altar was gifted to me, which I really like. And, and that's really cool, too, because then everything means something. You, you don't have to buy everything. As you become a heathen and you go for, forward, you know, people start getting stuff and they'll start gifting you stuff. And that's when it starts to really mean something to you and really starts to mean something to um, have that altar there for you. Right, our, our oath ring has been touched by every member of our kindred at some point or another. Right. So there's a lot of memories and a lot of, you know, good intentions and everything put into that oath ring. Yep. And that oath ring has met a lot of oaths and fulfilled a lot of oaths and, you know, done a lot of work for the ancestors and the gods and anybody that it needed to. So I'm quite pleased with it. That's why I keep it around. So it means a lot to me. But you, I mean, you could even, I'm looking at our lemongrass out here, and you could even make one out of the blades of the lemongrass. Yeah, yeah, you, you can make you a little know. circle out of it, exactly. Yeah. So, so there's not much more to say about oaths. Um, you, you know, we look at, in our religion, you know, I don't want to go over too much of an oath breaker because it's a bad thing. I mean, if you're, if you're uh, marked an oath breaker... It'll really mar you for life in our in our path and in our walk and in our religion and stuff because people won't won't hold you as a I don't want to say a man but I don't know what else to say I mean 
the bottom line is if you can't be trusted, right? You won't be trustworthy with the people in your kindred or or in your past um, if you're if you're considered an oath breaker. And most of the time, the the oath breakers, (coughs) as far as what I can see, get weeded out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, you get weeded out pretty quickly because you'll slip up and you'll do something that you know you shouldn't do. You shouldn't have done, or you'll make a mistake in saying something Mm -hmm. and. They'll catch you, you know, other people will catch you, or the gods will trip you up a little bit there. Yep. Um, trip you up with the kindred, too. Yeah, we, trip you up in everything you've done, yeah. <laughs> we've seen that happen, where, where somebody has been an oathbreaker and, and tripped them up with the kindred, and yep. and the whole kindred kind of... Shunned them. Yeah. And or, I, I mean, yeah. it's not even anything, you know, you can... You can do, but I mean, once that mark is on you, there's nothing you can do about it but try to make good of it, you know? Realize your mistake, and if you are marked an oathbreaker, I mean, realize your mistake, you know? Man up to it, you know, like I tell my son, suck it up, buttercup, and move forward. You know, try to do the best you can from that point on, because I I don't know what else to say other than, you know, I want to see you succeed as a heathen, I, I really do. And if you're one of those people who can't help but break an oath, that, that's one thing. You know, but it's another if you purposely break an oath. Um, just try to do what you can to move forward. I mean, we all see the light eventually, and we're like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. You know, this, other thing. If it's an honest mistake, the gods will forgive it, the ancestors will forgive it, you know, and your kindred will forgive you for it because that's the whole idea behind kindred. Um, so that's about all I have to say about oaths today. I mean, you want to add anything, Kelly? I don't think so. When you're making oaths, just remember they need to be something that you can accomplish, something that's realistic. Don't overdo it. Don't do it to don't the point. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, either. don't overcomplicate it, you know. Just keep it, I don't want to say keep it simple, stupid, but really keep it simple. Um, keep it easy. Not so easy that it's not an accomplishment, but not so hard that it's impossible. Um, you know, don't be like, I'm going to climb Mount Everest next week. Don't, you know, that's not going to work unless you're a trained climber and you've been to all these other places and you've done it beforehand. You know, there's no way you're going to do that. But maybe say, you know, I'm going to climb to the top of the local hill for the gods. And I'm, while I'm up top of there, I'm going to, you know, have a small bloat. Well, there, because I want this god to meet me there. You know, things like that. Things that are really simple for you to do and you know or I'm going to go to the local place and meditate until you know I hear from a god or hear from this or hear from myself or my ancestors really not hard things but not so simple that they're just like oh I'm going to walk to the car you know things like that make an oath almost a sacrifice you need to when when you oath you're sacrificing yourself your time your energy your efforts for a greater good you know, so like I'm going to read the have them all because I want to gain Odin's wisdom. I, I want that. So I'm going to oath that I will read the have them all by the end of this year. You know, now you have a month to do that because I want to seek the wisdom of Odin. I, I need some better wisdom in my life. And that's a simple oath, but it's complicated in the sense that you have to accomplish something. You have to sacrifice time. You have to sacrifice meditation. And you have to get to have them all and do that. Well, and it's not just about having to have them all and reading it then either. Right. It's about, it's about taking in that wisdom of Odin right. and actually using it in your life too because right. that's part of that oath, to me at least. Yeah. Reading the, reading the have them all is not just 
reading the Havamal. It is the devotion to reading the Havamal, to understanding it, to putting it into practice. Right. That's that's all part of reading that Havamal. Exactly. Exactly. And searching out that wisdom, trying to attain it yourself, asking Odin to help you get that wisdom, bringing yourself to the point where you are ready to take on those things that Odin has to offer if you really want them and he's offering them, if he's really offering them to you so that that's where we are with uh, with that I, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse but I mean oaths are just basically really in-depth promises and just keep them I mean it, it's really simple and if you can't keep them ask for out of them um, seek the advice of someone that you trust, seek the accountability of someone that you trust, and go from there. And, and it's that simple. So I want to thank you for joining me for Modern Heathen Man today on your Thanksgiving. And I want to say thanks, thanks, happy Thanksgiving to you all. And I want to hail you for wanting to be a better heathen. I want to hail the gods today for such a beautiful day. Definitely hail them for that. Hail the ancestors today. I hope they're close. Today is a definite family day. So I want to hail my ancestors, and I hope they're close today, and that they get to enjoy time with us. So, um, thank you for joining Modern Heathen Man, and you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Bye bye.